Well, you sure taught him a lesson, all right. No, he taught us a lesson, Jimmy. That's what makes baseball the greatest game in the world. Everybody plays it all over the country. You may find a new star anywhere. This field, this game, it's a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good. Hey, is this heaven? No. It's Iowa. Sport, you are listening to I Saw It in a Movie, a movie advice podcast co-hosted by your friendly cinematic pals at Movie John. I'm the old sport and classic corner Rosalie Kex, and this is my film pal. Uh, that's me, Ryan Silverstein. Uh, how are you? Good. Uh, so each episode, we take a question from our listeners and go to the movies for the answer. Um, but before we get into the question... We like to kick things off with some movies that we've been watching, which we call flick picks. So, Ryan, what have you been watching recently? Yeah, so we, on my other podcast, The Shame Files, uh, every um, February, which is just over as we're recording this, uh, we do Best Picture winners that we have not seen previously, because the whole premise of that show is that we watch movies that are new, classic movies that are new to us. Um, and so we wrapped up our Best Picture Month this year with Marty. Which, oh, I love Marty. Uh, which neither of us had seen. Uh, we had our guest, uh, Gary Kramer, who writes with us at Cinema76.com as a guest. Um, but about the film itself, uh, it's the kind of movie I wish w- like would win Best Picture more often because it's not an epic it's a relatively small story about normal people, but it's exceptionally well done. Um, the uh, like the performances across the board are amazing. The black and white cinematography looks incredible. We have the Blu-ray from uh, Kino Lorber, and oh, that's awesome. It's immaculate. Like, yeah, I so I recently like I probably watched that movie within the past year or so and it was definitely on my list of like I really need to see this um, but we got the copy from the library so it was just like a DVD I don't think it was a Kino Lorber release like because it was old mm-hmm. um, but that movie what I just loved about watching it to your point it is just kind of this normal simple story but it's so relatable it's so relatable everybody you know marty is a guy who is unlucky in love is kind of the classic would be the the classic way to say that and i think you know we all feel like marty sometimes we all feel a little bit lonely or left out or that we don't fit in exactly and he's searching for his person Mm -hmm. which he is so down like when you first meet him because he's just like you know what nobody exists for me so i'm just gonna be alone forever i'm Mm -hmm. gonna work at this butcher shop and go drink beer at this pub like i don't know i forget like if he did it every week or something like that but he's very routine and Mm -hmm. just he lives with his mom and he's just like this is my life (laughs) yeah and he's a good guy and he's the guy that other people always come to for advice yes and he's always a good listener and then you know but he he doesn't have that outlet he doesn't have that other person supporting him he's always supporting other people and i think as someone who like even in my like 20s was like look i know i'm not going to meet my person at like a bar like right. where like you can't hear anything over the music and like people like this is not where I'm going to meet my person so like why bother and he ha- kind of has a similar attitude um, yeah, and things work I, out I, I do like though um, 
his friends though are always like they're trying to get him out there yeah so is his mom it's just yeah it's a great story um i'm glad you picked that one for me um a movie that was new to me that i recently watched was now voyager which it's a betty davis film i the reason i actually watched it is because my friend from movie john my film pal ashley jane we do this periodically or sporadically, I should say, column called Classic Coroners, where we will pick a particular actor. They have to be dead, uh, but they we will autopsy basically one of their films. And we were watching the movie because of Claude Rains. Mm. Um, but inevitably, in watching it, we were like, okay, he's in this, but he's not a focused character. Right. But... I still, I do not regret watching it because, wow, it is a wild movie. Um, But basically, similar, I guess, to Marty, it's like this person, she's very socially inept, Mm -hmm. socially awkward, lives at home with her mother, and is kind of, I guess, resigned to the fact, like, this is my life. And the sad part is there is a lot of just issues with the mother and the relationship Mm -hmm. where the mother has convinced the daughter like very low confidence you're not going to amount to anything (laughs) the mother is horrible yes like i'm just gonna say that (laughs) it could have been in the uh bad moms issue of movie john i immediately thought of that (laughs) when we were watching it because some of the things that she was saying well i hate to say this my my grandmother is passed away now but there were just some instances where i'm like this is hitting too close to home yeah because the mother literally would like bad mouth the daughter in front of Pete Paul. Like, it, it was just wild. Um, but Betty Davis ends up going to, I, I don't really know if it was like a sanitarium, I guess you would say, yeah, or like so. a hospital. And Claude Rains is a psychiatrist and he helps her gain confidence mm-hmm. in herself. And she basically gets like a full makeover. Yeah, it's it's definitely a... Goes on a cruise. A makeover movie in like, you know, like... The, uh, what's that, like, 90s teen movie? She's, oh, wait, is it She's All That? Oh, yes, where, like, all of a sudden the glasses are gone. Yeah. She's, like, this beautiful She's a swan. (laughs) Yes. But she goes on a cruise, and then on this cruise she ends up meeting this guy Mm -hmm. who, oh, my God, he annoyed me, too. (laughs) But it's it's just a wild movie. Like, I, I recommend watching it. I caught it on the Criterion channel, I don't know if it's on there anymore because they had, I mean, especially, I think it was as of yesterday, like a lot of the Betty Davis mm-hmm. movies, you know, they expire, they take them off. Um, but it is a Criterion movie, so you can purchase it. it it's out there, but I highly recommend it. Um, and I know we were just talking before we recorded. If you don't know Betty Davis, like it is a filmography, I highly recommend Yeah. I don't, a lot of gems. And every time I've seen a Betty Davis movie, I'm like, oh my God, this woman is just, she is like, she's beyond everything. <laughs> like, she is. She's just a singular person. Like, you I, know. Yeah, I feel like her characters like pop out of the screen. Like, because she's just so alive. Like, and they're definitely not ever quiet, the characters. Yeah, it's almost like she's the kind of actor that, 
will bend the entire movie around her character. Like, I'm thinking about All About Eve, too, where, like... Oh, yes. Like, she is that whole movie, and everybody else is sort of reacting to her. You know what I mean? Like, Yes, she's I, driving it. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, she she's fantastic. And it was such a treat having, on Criterion Channel, they had so many different movies that I had not seen, and I, I managed to watch about four of them. Um which, you know, as we discuss often, I mean, I feel so fortunate to have a service like that because mm-hmm. you can, they expose me to so many different movies that I otherwise didn't know about. And they make it easy to access it. Whereas, you know, if I had to go find these DVDs, it would probably take a while to track some of them down. Yep. Yeah, either through the library or then just, you know, blind buying things. And... Right, which that gets costly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Um, so I guess we'll get on to the question for this week. Um, so we have a question that came in. What is the best movie to celebrate the return of baseball? Thanks. Let's play ball. Uh, yeah, so we were um, talking before we recorded that like base- baseball probably has like the best sports movies in general, I think. It's um, definitely the, I would say sports drama movies or just sports movies in general. It's definitely probably the one that I watch the most and I'm most inclined to watch. Yeah. Are you, do you like baseball? I like baseball. I don't follow baseball, but okay. like I enjoy going to a game, whether major league or minor league. Like, you know, it's, I, I enjoy going to a baseball game. I don't often watch them on TV, okay. um, but like, I just, I enjoy baseball. I like that baseball is around. And... So I, I love baseball now. I will say I go through my phases of there's some years where I'm heavily paying attention and following it and then like other years and it's more honestly just a time issue Mm -hmm. where I just don't have time to follow it because baseball is on like in the summer every day. Um, But my father was the one that got me into watching it and it was always something that we could bond over because we don't have a lot of common similarities or things that we're into. But baseball was something we could talk about. And I have found like if I don't go to a game for a while and then I go to one, it like reinvigorates me into it. I completely agree. And growing up, my uh, grandmother... Uh, one of the biggest Phillies fans you would ever find, okay. and also one of the most negative <laughs> fans you would ever find. She was always complaining about the things that they were doing wrong, um, you know. And then my parents, like between my grandmother and my parents, like they probably watch, I would guess, like ninety five percent of the Phillies baseball games oh, every awesome. year. Um, so like baseball's always been around. Again, like it, I like that it's there. I don't always get into sure. following it, um, you know, like. Unless, like, the Phillies are on, like, a really good streak or, like, I ha- end up going to a couple games. Um, and it's the kind of thing where if it were cheaper, I'd probably go more often. Yeah, um, I mean, that's, yes, definitely. <laughs> it can get pricey. Um, but, yeah, I, I was really excited to see this question because usually around this time of year, spring or so, I will get that kind of itch to watch some mm-hmm. of these movies, these baseball films. And, again, a lot of them also remind me of my dad because, like, we growing up we watched the natural yep. like that was something he exposed me to and i still love that movie and then i feel like at least for me i grew up like 
came of age in an era where there were baseball movies targeted at kids, like Rookie of the Year, yes. the Angels in the Outfield remake, which I just noticed they added the original to Criterion Channel, oh, and I've never really? seen it. So. Oh, okay. I don't know if I've seen the original. I've definitely seen the Disney yeah. remake version. Yeah. But that's uh, cool. So having those, like, I mean, there were a lot of Disney sports movies, but having, like, Angels in the Outfield, Rookie of the Year, like, I think that made me like baseball even more, because it was sure. like... They found a way to tell stories about kids that were also about Major League Baseball in, yeah. a, in a goofy, like, fun way. Um, like, I think we saw both of those movies in the theater. Like, so they, I have a lot of memories connected to those, um, as well as The Natural and Bad News Bears, even. And, like, there's a ton of great baseball movies. But I ended up settling on Field of Dreams. Classic. Um, modern classic, for sure. Um, directed for, by Phil Alden Robinson. Uh, it came out in 1989. Um, uh, just, you know, if you guys haven't seen it, it's about a Iowa corn farmer who starts hearing voices and builds a baseball field in his on his farm. And um, is ridiculed. Oh, absolutely ridiculed. <laughs> I think it's his uh, brother-in-law. It's like, you're insane. You are losing your mind. And then ultimately it's uh, him interacting with the ghost of Shoeless Joe Jackson, um, rediscovering a recluse author from the 60s, played by James Earl Jones, and then ultimately reconciling with his father. Yes. Um, it gets very deep. It gets very deep and it's very weird. Like it's a movie that like became so popular that I feel like we don't think about how weird that it's a movie about ghosts like it's a ghost it's a ghost movie it is and a baseball movie yes i mean there's a lot of paranormal elements to this <laughs> he sees these people mm -hmm. which if i remember because i probably will rewatch it soon now that we're talking about it but like his wife can see the people too mm -hmm. but it's like you have to i guess have this belief yeah and and the skeptical brother-in-law does the, not <laughs> he does not see them the I think his the wife like falls and is like choking or whatever. Like, oh no no, a, no that's the daughter. That's the daughter. Yes, because she was like eating a hot dog. Right, and then like that somehow triggers I think the brother in law mm -hmm. uh, to be able to finally see. Like after yes. it's like after he's been you know he's been proven right that if you build it people will come to this baseball field. Yes, because so after the the daughter chokes. One of the players has to come right. help Mo her, Moonlight which Graham. is Burt Lancaster. Yes, which I was recently like on a kick of his films because I mean, honestly, Criterion Channel should sponsor us, but <laughs> they had a slew of his films on, and unfortunately, they did not have Field of Dreams, but there were like other kind of just more obscure things mm -hmm. that I watched of his, and. It's such a treat seeing him in that film as like this little old man. Yeah, and, and his story is great because he plays Moonlight Graham, who had one at bat in the major leagues and never got one again. Yes. And so like there's all of these, you know, it's it's a movie about dreams. And I feel like the movie is very Capra-esque. Like it, oh, it feels definitely. very much like a Frank Capra movie. Um, it does have like this classic film element to it. Because again, too, it's kind of to your point about the Capra it's this like unreal fantasy land. Yeah, and it's very much a piece of Americana. And I will say, like, this is one of those movies. Like, I actually teared up reading the synopsis of this movie this <laughs> morning to like remind myself what I wanted to talk about. And like, when it gets to the end, and like 
you know, he meets the younger ghost version of his dad and they're talking about heaven and like they have a catch at the end because the author that he rediscovers, Terrence Mann, played by James Earl Jones, his books were one of the reasons why uh, Kevin Costner's character rebelled against his dad because he was like, oh, like Shoeless Joe was a criminal, which is actually not true. And he's like, I could never respect a man whose hero was a criminal. And like, like they had this whole conversation and James was just like, don't blame me for your dad issues. (laughs) Like, it's not my fault that like my book was the trigger for this. But then like him getting able to like excise this demon from his life and reconcile with his dad, just, it just gets me, it literally gets me every single time. Well, what gets me too is I do love how the wife just, kind of lets him go on this <laughs> journey i mean there are times where she's like okay we're broke yeah. like the bank is coming to reclaim our farm tomorrow <laughs> right but she still kind of lets this person figure it out and and i liked how supportive she was um it's funny you said it came out in 89 so i would have been six at mm-hmm. that point um, but my mom, I remember, got a tape or a VHS tape of this movie from McDonald's. I think we had that same VHS yeah, tape. Yeah, because they did this thing where you could buy a tape for like a dollar. Yeah. And we got quite a few tapes that way. And this was one of them. And when we got it, it just kind of became on heavy rotation in our house. Like my brother and I, because I, well... If I'm remembering correctly, we didn't have a lot of tapes Mm -hmm. because they were kind of costly. So when we did have one, it was like that one would get played and played again. And I remember like my brother and I thought it was so funny when he would go to James Earl Jones apartment. And I think he like curses in that scene or something. And like my brother and I weren't allowed to watch movies like that. But my mom let us watch that one because she had seen it and knew it wasn't like bad. But we just like would laugh every time that (laughs) scene played. I had a similar experience. We actually watched this, I want to say, in like eighth grade on like a bus trip. Oh, We were on a bus and like there's a scene where uh, Kevin Costner's wife's character. um, (laughs) The PTA meeting. The PTA meeting. And she's like yelling at. At them, um, Amy, Amy Madigan okay. uh, yes. plays plays the uh, the wife, um, and she's like, "Oh, like because they're trying to ban the books written by Terrence Mann, the which author. is all like a coincidence, right?" Again, Frank Capra, yes. Uh, and the woman's like, like, oh, I remember the '60s and whatever. And she's like, you, like, you did the '50s twice and skipped right to the '70s. And she says that I think the woman who's trying to get the books banned mentioned something about like masturbation yeah. in, in her like speech about it. And I remember like on the bus full of like seventh or eighth graders, like everyone just lost it because you know. Sure. And the teachers were like, well, like you know, up in arms and like whatever, and like it's it's funny because I think it's a PG movie, so like it's not like there's a lot of right stuff in it, but but I feel too like back then compared to maybe now they were a lot more looser with the ratings. Oh yeah, because I do remember having similar experiences where like oh if there was like a teacher out for the day and then like they put in a movie mm-hmm. the substitute and then oh my god something came up and they're like ah. <laughs> Like, they forgot that there was, like... <laughs> one word, line, yeah. Yes. Yeah. One word that shouldn't be said in school. 
Um, but I picked this movie specifically uh, for this baseball question because I feel like there's a lot of sad baseball movies. Like, I thought about Bull Durham, which was another Kevin Costner movie that he made, I think, pretty much right before this one. Um, and that's not as much uh, if we're celebrating the return of baseball. And that's more about the day-to-day kind of uh, difficulties of playing minor league ball. Whereas this really is like... It's a total nostalgia exercise. Like baseball is very much representative of like the good things about America's past, and there's a nostalgia for like players of the like the 20s and 30s. So it's like yes, the like the nostalgia like not really of baby boomers, but of like the generation before that, and like it ties into all of those things in an well, interesting way. And I do feel for I mean me especially, and I know a lot of people feel this way. That when baseball starts, it's like, oh, summer's coming. Right. You know, like winter is done and now summer is, you know, here, it's on its way. And it's just exciting because, as I've mentioned before, winter just gets to me, like Mm -hmm. after a while. So it's always exciting when you're like, yes, they're back, they're playing. And I have a couple of coworkers that like they go to spring training every year because like they can't, they can't wait. Like they're going, my one coworker is going, I think. Not this week, but next week to like Arizona to like watch. Spring training, we, my husband and I went one year. It's so fun. Like it's very laid back. It's it's different than like going to the regular games. So I can understand why they would want to do it. It's a lot of fun. Um, And then I thought this was a fun, a nice like fun fact uh, that in August this year they are actually playing a major league uh, game at the Field of Dreams field. You know what? I feel like done that before supposedly this is the first one really? or okay. maybe, maybe maybe they've done that or maybe they've done exhibition games or something but this is like the yankees are playing the white Sox, and like they're that building cool. they're building a field next to the field from the movie <laughs> because they don't want to like mess up like maybe that's what it is that i'm remembering that you could like visit it oh yeah you can okay. definitely visit it and like apparently the guy whose farm the like the real life guy whose farm the field was built on was able to like make his entire income like he didn't even charge people for coming to the field but he made all of his money just on merchandise from the gift shop oh my god and like was able to like retire and like he sold the farm to like you know some kind of nonprofit or something that's now like preserving it but um it's so cool but it's a real life farm in iowa and like when at the end when they show all the people like coming to the field in their cars like that's like real life people from the town that they like recruited and they're like all right on this night like turn off all the lights in the town just be in your cars and like we'll show like the line of people to see the ghosts just to see the ghosts (laughs) it's amazing that's awesome i love a good it's rare that you get like a truly heartwarming nostalgic ghost story but i think we need more of them (laughs) yeah i'm always a fan of ghosts and i i hope someone sends in a question about ghosts because that would be great yes um well i guess i'll get to the film i picked yeah so I will admit, when we're doing these, you know, shows, I, I am going to try to seek out films I haven't seen sometimes because it's fun to me. Like, and so when we got this question, I immediately went to Google because I thought of the regulars, like The Field of Dreams, mm-hmm. Natural, and I love those films, but like I've seen them a bunch. Um, oh, and then Major League is like oh, another Major League one. Is good, yeah. yeah, so. <laughs> In, in Google searching, to your point, I saw there are just a lot of baseball films out there. Um, but the one that I settled on is called It Happens Every Spring. 
And you know what? I didn't write down the year it was made. If you wouldn't I'll, mind. I'll look it up. Okay. But it's directed by Lloyd Bacon. And the writer of this movie wrote Miracle on 34th Street. Hmm. Uh, 1949, by the way. 49. So the reason, though, that I was attracted to watching the movie was because I saw it starred Ray Milland. And I love Ray Milland. Um, but basically, you know. The gist of what happens here is Ray Milan plays a science professor, and I believe it's a high school, um, but the, everyone in this movie looks ancient. <laughs> like, it's like high schoolers that are 40 years old. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah type it's thing. one of those, yeah. And, of course, he has a student in the class that is in love with him. Of course. And there's probably, like, a 20-year difference or something <laughs> insane. But, anyway, he is a science chemistry professor... And basically, he's trying to work on this formula that he wants to then sell to like an insect company. Okay. Um, And once he sells this, then he will have enough money to basically buy his new bride a home. He can show her father, who is actually like the dean at the school or principal, that, hey, I have a job like that makes a lot of money because teachers don't really pay a lot, which is like so... I guess, true to now. So so if he sells this formula, he will be rich and famous. Well, as they go into his laboratory, which I will tell you, I love any movie with a lab. I was going to say, like, once I found out that this was a baseball movie with a laboratory in it, I was like, this is the most Rosalie movie that may have ever existed. Like, I think I found it. And then, like, within two minutes, I purchased it (laughs) because I was like, I don't care if it's horrible. I just need to own it. So while he's showing his girlfriend his, you know, lab and he's like very excited because this formula took like months to like concoct and like get to the point that it was ready, a baseball flies through the window and like breaks everything. And he's just like, oh my God, this is horrible. Like, and there's no consoling him. Well, she ends up leaving and he's alone. Well, the baseball went into the sink and it like falls into the formula. Ah, I see. I was waiting for like, I was like, where does the formula intersect with the base, with baseball here? When he sets it down on the lab table, there was a piece of wood and the baseball, like literally it was rolling and then it just makes this swerve to like go around the wood. So like he ends up finding out that this formula actually will keep things from hitting wood like i see yes so, so it's i like wasn't an sure antidote. if this was like a like magic hand like a magic like whether his like arm was like amazing but no it's it's really like we're gonna mess with the materials in yeah. a baseball game to be great yeah. at baseball so now logically what he decides to do next is well i can make money from this <laughs> so he basically takes a train to st louis and goes to the baseball team and is like I'm going to be your new pitcher. (laughs) So the whole movie then is him just like pretending to be a baseball player, but he doesn't want anyone to know. Right. It's a big secret. Yes. So he, because he doesn't want his girlfriend to know or the dad because they won't respect him because he's a baseball player. Like he's not a science (laughs) professor. But he fools this team into thinking he can pitch because when he throws the baseball, it avoids the bat. I see. And it, it just insanity ensues throughout. 
Um, but Ryan actually walked in on the tail end of when I was watching it. I mean, but what I like so what I liked is I had a vague impression of of the premise, but right. the end of it is <laughs> him like icing his hand and his like I think it's his coach is like oh so that was the catcher his like okay. and and they through the movie they end up really having a bond because they're like roommates, okay. which I do have to say something I find fascinating about baseball is it seems that people that do it professionally like it has to be like a big summer camp (laughs) definitely like you're just on the bus and like you're going to different cities i think it would get old definitely but initially i think it would be really fun yeah well that's what bull dorm is about (laughs) right um but like coming in it, it despite this like wacky premise i think again this movie has a lot of heart to it because like his the catcher especially like seems to like they do have a real bond and there's an emotional connection and he's like I'm really going to miss like just you know spending time with you and like working together playing baseball and and there was also an aspect of and I think you'll find this in a lot of baseball films is it's like an American dream Mm -hmm. to play professional baseball like that's kind of the idea that they're selling but to this professor He's just doing it to make money. Right. Like, we're, so I feel like when the, when he does in the end of the film, and sorry, spoiler here, hurts his hand, the catcher immediately is like kind of afraid to tell him because he's like, you're not going to be able to play anymore. Right. And to someone, that would be a big deal. Mm -hmm. But to him, he's like, well, good. Like, I made the money I needed. I am done with this life. Um, but I feel like when you watch a lot of baseball movies, it's promoting this like, which actually another baseball movie, Sugar. Yeah. I feel it's promoting the opposite end of that, where it's like almost showing kind of how some of the players get treated like cattle. Mm-hmm. In some ways, you know, they kind of exploit their talent, especially people coming from other countries and such that it's not really a dream. Right. And I, and I think that's, you know, one of the... I think for both of these movies, I think uh, what I like is that it shows the... Like, the baseball aspect is mostly pure. So, it's, again, it's, like, getting you excited for the new season. But it is also having that, like, there are real emotions at stake. And, you know, at the, the tail end of this movie, like, he comes back to his hometown... And, like, he reconciles with his, like, fiancé, girlfriend. And his dad is like, yes, I know all about your baseball career. Like, it's not a big <laughs> yes. deal. And, like, you know, to your point, it's kind of also showing that, like, how we value professional athletes over people like teachers. So it, I feel like it's kind of walking that line between being a fun baseball movie and then also kind of, like, being a reminder about, like, there are more important things out there. Yeah, I... You know, to your point about the end scene, what really cracked me up was at the end when he's when they when everybody figures out like, oh, you're a professor, you're actually not like a baseball player. And but then, you know, Ray Milan's character is just like, yeah, but like what's crazy is I work an entire year as a teacher, whereas I teach or I pitch like half an inning and I make just as much money (laughs) as it takes me an entire year. And to your point, it is kind of this making this kind of statement, which I think could get missed, mm-hmm. but it's like, wow, the way our society does value people for doing the most inane things versus very important things. Right. 
Um, now, so, there is a lot of comedy in this movie too, like little things that happen like at one point because the formula he uses for the baseball ends up being thought to be, because he keeps it in like a little vial, okay. like a, a bottle. Well, one of his teammates ends up thinking it's hair tonic. <laughs> So at one point, like, puts it on his head, and then, like, as he's getting close to, like, a dresser or a cabinet, his hair is, like, going all over the place. That's amazing. Yes, because of the, you know, being not attracted to wood. I also liked every time the ball was being thrown down um, to home plate, the noise, it like, the sound effect it was making to avoid the bat was like very cartoony. Oh great. That's I was yeah. gonna, actually going to ask you about there that. There are a lot of that like type of elements because going on. Because I think that just that only makes me want to watch this movie more like the rest of this movie more because Yeah. I think again like I think baseball lends itself to comedy even more than a lot of other sports. Just the way that the game is set up and then yes. also there's a lot of room for like, you know, shenanigans for lack yeah, of a better. Yeah. And I guess what's interesting too is like yes, like you have a movie like Major League where mm-hmm. it's clearly a comedy. Um, but then you have The Natural, which is more of a drama yep. and showing this story about a person, you know, they just wanted their shot. You mm-hmm. know, they wanted their moment, I guess. And it's like, yeah, sometimes the baseball films can get rather heartbreaking yeah, or yeah. sad. Um, but you do have quite a few like this one, I feel definitely falls in the category of zany. Yeah, I'm like all just, I'm all about Zany. It's just out there. And it's funny, my my husband didn't watch this with me. He usually will watch a lot of the movies with me. But when he walked in, he was like, Yep, this is a Milan picture because <laughs> he tends to play these kind of shifty people okay. where he's like putting himself in situations where he's like trying to hide or like be someone else. Because at one point another part that made me laugh is when he goes missing to like be a baseball player the girlfriend doesn't know where he is like he's just like i have to take a leave of absence and at one point she starts to think that he's a gangster (laughs) that's awesome yeah and like i mean i don't know like milan is a gangster i just don't but i think see it any, but it's funny. But any movie that involves some sort of mistaken identity, especially played for comedy, is like always a movie that I want to be watching. Sure. Um, sure. You know, I also I think the only thing I can think of that I've seen him in definitely is Dial in for Murder. Um, the Hitchcock shifty movie. character. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but I like that he is, you know, he's a shifty character, but he's also an upstanding character. Like his, sure. Like he's like good motivations. Like he's impersonating a baseball player. Like he's... He puts me at ease. Yeah. Quite honestly, like, I think he would be an extremely good con man. Yeah. Like I would believe anything he's saying. <laughs> um, but I... I I highly recommend, I mean, I'm sure at some point during the podcast, we'll get a question where I'll be able to pick another one of his films, because I've dug into his filmography, and he has done a a lot of wild stuff, and he even took a hand at directing before. Now, I haven't watched his films where he's directed, but I'm interested. Um, But yeah, so I think those are two great picks i mean again there are so many out there there are a ton of great baseball movies i definitely at one point in like high school or college did like a deeper dive on 
watching a bunch of baseball movies like Eight Men Out and oh that's yeah another um, one and that's another Shoeless Joe movie specifically. I was trying. There was the. Have you ever seen the Cobb movie? With Tommy Lee Jones. No, I have not. That's another wild the, one. The other one I wanted to revisit that I haven't seen since I was a kid was the, uh, what's it, Tom Selleck, where he goes to Japan. Oh, yes. Uh, is that Mr. Big Link or something? I think so, yeah. yes, yes. Because um, I haven't seen that since I haven't like, seen that in a very, very long time. Either. Mr. Yeah. Baseball, that's what it is. Yeah, so I think now's a good time to dust off some of those. And, oh, I should mention, I don't know... Field of Dreams, I'm sure, is readily available um, digitally. You yeah, can buy a copy. I, I'm sure. My film, I did find you. It was only seen to be available on DVD. Um, and again, you know, it's a 20th Century Fox film, so it's one of those questions of are they going to release it? Like, who knows? But right now, you can buy it on DVD. It's like nineteen dollars, you know, on Amazon Best Buy type mm-hmm. sites, but. I think it's one of those that, unless you get the DVD, I don't know if it's digitally out there. I'll have to look when we post the episode. Yeah, and we can add those links in the, you know, if it is available to rent or stream, we can note that in the uh, show notes. Yeah, so I think that's a good time, you know, before we sign off here, we will be posting some more info on the website. You can also download the episode at moviejohn.com where we also, you can subscribe to our quarterly print scene, which our latest issue features LGBTQ films. And again, it's available in a print format or you can buy it digitally. Um, If you wanna send in a question to us, if you have a problem that needs solving, you can contact us on Twitter at I saw in a movie. Or you can send us an email at dear I saw in a movie at gmail.com. Um, if you're old fashioned and you want to send a handwritten letter, we also have a P.O. box, which it's P.O. box 20172, Philadelphia, PA 19145. And just make sure that you put attention movie John. And we were even saying if you send something cool, we might share it on our Instagram. So definitely get creative yeah um and uh the other thing we wanted to mention that if you um wanted to tell us your favorite baseball movie you can uh respond to us on twitter at uh what's the what's the twitter handle i'm sorry it's okay at i saw it in a movie yeah we would love to hear what some of your favorites are or how you know you get ready for the baseball season um, but yeah, Ryan, where can they find your work? Sure. Uh, you can find me on uh, writingforcinema76.com as well as occasionally in the movie John Zine. And you can also find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Silver Whatever. That's with a B. Yep. And you can find me in the same places, Letterboxd at Rosalie Kicks. And then I'm also on Twitter at Bonjour Old Sport. Um, But we will post all this info online. So if you missed it, don't worry, it will be there. Um, But what we do like to do before we end the show is to give a piece of advice from one of the movies that we talked about. And I think Ryan had something that he found from Field Field of Dreams. I do. Um, Yeah, so it... uh, 
In Field of Dreams, as we were talking, Dr. Moonlight Graham, who had his single at bat, uh, his piece of advice is, you know, we just don't recognize the most significant moments of our lives while they're happening. Back then, I thought, well, there'll be other days. I didn't realize that that was the only day. And so it's kind of a nice carpe diem uh, message (laughs) about, you know, just taking on and appreciating the things that are going on in your life right now. Right. The little things. Mm -hmm. I like that. So we hope that you tune in next week. Um... Until then, bye. Bye Bye-bye.